wonderful truth. Amen. I ask you tonight to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Judges. I want to look at the 19th chapter in the book of Judges. I do believe that when you study the book of Judges, you will see a lot of similarities between those days and the days in which we now live. From this text, I want to preach on this thought tonight, a nation at risk, a nation at risk. And I'm just going to warn you, I'm going to preach my burden tonight. Lord has burdened my heart heavily about this. The Bible says in Psalm 33, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. When you look in this chapter, this is one of the most sickening chapters in all the word of God. Judges chapter 19. Would you stand as we read the first four verses of this chapter? And it came to, pan, came to pass in those days when there was no king in Israel that there was a certain Levite sojourning on the side of Mount Ephraim who took to him a concubine out of Bethlehem, Judah. And his concubine played the whore against him and went away from him unto her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah, and was there four whole months. And her husband arose and went after her to speak, to speak friendly unto her and to bring her again, having his servant with him and a couple of asses. And she brought him into her father's house. And when the father of the damsel saw him, he rejoiced to meet him. And his father-in-law, the damsel's father, retained him, and he abode with him three days, so they did eat and drink and lodged there. I'm interested in this story already. Well, it sounds like a modern-day soap opera. Where are we going with this? Lord God in heaven. It's a story about the nation of Israel, and it's a story that's sad but happens in our day as well. Father, would you help us tonight to rightly divide the word of truth? Would you speak to us tonight, God? Would you help us? Would you burden our hearts about where we stand? And for this, we ask your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated tonight. According to verse 1, Israel is living in a time when there's no king in Israel. Every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes. Now we're talking about God's chosen people. Now there's no leadership. There's no authority in that day and age. There's no lifting up the standard of the law. There's no one to lean on. There's no one to look to. There's no one to live after. It seems like they're in a day and age which there seems to be no direction. They're in a moral freefall in their society. And unless something happens to change in our nation, we may very well be facing the disintegration of America as we know it happening right before our very eyes. Number one, when I look at verses one and two, I see a time of sexual immorality. Let's just repeat what we've read. There is a Levite, the Bible said he is sojourning. 
A Levite would be a custodian of the law. A Levite would be considered as a modern day pastor and he is sojourning. This Levite took for him a wife that was, the Bible says, calls her a concubine. In other words, she's not a wife that has all the privileges of being a wife. That may make you very mad, but that's what he's done. And the Bible says in verse 2 that this concubine that he married, she played the whore against him. She became a harlot. She's living a sinful, immoral lifestyle. She's committing adultery openly, Lord God. And to escape her husband's wrath, she went away from him back to her daddy's house, back to Bethlehem, Judah, the house of bread and praise. Where's she from? She's from the house of bread and praise. She knows better. She's going back to her daddy's house to escape the wrath probably of her husband. Our country is sick with immorality and adultery and we need to get right with God. And if we don't get right with God, the flames of lust are going to lead us to the flames of hell. Number one, sexual immorality in verses 1 and 2. Verse 3, it's a time of sensual indulgence. Her husband, after four months in verse 3, he, he's decided I'm going to go back and get my wife and I'm going to bring her back to me. Now look, he's a husband. She is a concubine that's become a wife. And he said, I'm going to speak friendly to her and I'm going to bring her back to me again. And, and he goes there and the Bible says when he got back to Bethlehem, Judah to see her, the Bible says that the father... Her father saw him and rejoiced to meet him. Verse 4 says that those two men, they ate and drank and lodged there and they were together for three full days. Now, let's time out. Here's a man who has an unfaithful wife. Here's a father who has a fallen daughter. And what are they doing? Are they on their face seeking God? about sin in the family. No. The Bible said they're having a party. They rejoice to see each other and they're eating and they're drinking and they're having a great time. Now, here's the thing. Judgment is just around the corner for this Levite, this man of God. And he has no idea it's coming, but he should be prepared. You remember what the Bible says about in the days of Noah? They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, and they were given in marriage, and they knew not until the flood came and took them away. And you see this very scenario taking place again in the days of the judges. In fact, I would step out on faith and say that's what's happening tonight in our very nation. God help us. It's party time in America. You look around tonight, just look. The bars are crammed. The stadiums are packed to capacity. The theaters are filled and COVID is everywhere. And the pleasure palaces are overrunning with people. And yet we say it's a sad state of affairs for our nation. God help us. But you can't hardly get enough people together at the house of God to even have a prayer meeting. Well, it's times of COVID, preacher. 
Don't stop the Walmart. Don't stop the Lowe's. Don't stop the theaters. Don't stop the restaurants. Honey, they're filling them up at the bars. It's a time of sensual indulgence. It's party time in America. Taking care of self. Do you see it? Number three. Now, let's just say this. These two men, this father-in-law and this husband, they stayed together day after day. and They were together three days and it turned into a fourth day and it turned into another day. And finally, uh, this um, young man, this husband, is got his wife and said, we're leaving. We're, we're going to go find us a place to stay and we're headed back for home. Thirdly, it is a time of sickening indecency. This Levite is taking his wife home and the Bible says they're leaving Bethlehem and uh, just look at verse number 10. But the man would not tarry that night, but he rose up and departed and came over against Jabus, which is Jerusalem. And there were with him two asses saddled. His concubine also was with him. And when they were by Jebus, the night, the day was far spent. And the servant said unto his master, Come, I pray thee, let us turn into this city of the Jebusites and lodge there. In other words, uh, let's go and stay in Jerusalem. We need uh, to get a, 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 a travel lodge. We need to get us a room for the night. And the Bible says in... Verse 12, his master saith unto him, We will not turn aside hither in the city of a stranger that is not of the children of Israel. We were passed over to Gibeah. Here's why. The streets of Jerusalem are unsafe. May I say this tonight like many streets in America tonight. The streets on our city, even in Spruce Pine, are unsafe for you to spend the night. So he's decided... He's going to a place called Gibeah. Let's jump ahead to verse 22. Now, they've run across, the Bible says, I'll just summarize, they've run across an old man uh, who lives in Gibeah, and he says, you can come stay with me. Verse 22. Now, as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about. This old man's house. And this man and his concubine, his wife, they've gone in to stay with this old man. And the men, even of that city, certain sons of Belial, they beset the house and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine own house that we may know him. You see that? They want to take this man and commit sodomy and have sexual relations with this man. Seeking an indecency. Oh, wait a minute, preacher. Well, I remember this story. You're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah in the days of Lot when the angels came down, down there and they went into the house where Lot was and the men beat on the door and remember Lot said, here, take my girls. That's never known a man. They didn't want anything to do with the girls. They wanted the man to sodomize the men. And the Bible says the angel smote them with blindness. Here's what they were saying. You can't lock the door on us. We have a right to be inside your house. That, that's what people are thinking in leadership in our country. 
You live, in the, you live in America, we have a right to be in your house and to know everything you do and to do anything we want to do with you. You're our property. And the angel smote him with blindness. Remember that story? And God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. This is another story. It's happening again in the book of Judges at the old man's house where this man and his concubine, his wife, have moved in there and now they want to know the man. I'm talking about sickening acts of indecency. Now, these men are so emboldened. And the Bible says in verse 24, the old man said, Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. So they're offering two girls to these men. Them I will bring out now and humble ye them. Can you believe this? Just do what you want to with them. Do with them what seemeth good unto you. Remember, there's no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. If he thought he wanted to do whatever he wanted to do. It was okay in those days. God help us. But unto this man, do not so vile a thing. But the men would not hearken to him. So in other words, they said, we do not want these girls. We want another man. So the man, I'm talking about the husband, he took his concubine, his wife, and brought her forth unto them, and they knew her. I told you it's sickening the decency. They knew her and abused her all the night until the morning, and when the day began to spring, they let her go. Sexual immorality. It's sin against the holy God. Let me just read some verses. I want to go to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. I want to look at verse number 24. Romans 1, 24. Sexual immorality is a sin against God. It may be whatever year it is, the night 20, whatever it is, but I'm telling you, immorality is still a sin against Almighty God. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one towards another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to read in verse number 9. I'm just talking about the signs and the times of a nation that I believe are on her last legs. 
1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Are y'all there? Say amen. amen. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Underline that in your Bible. You may say it's the year of our Lord, 20-whatever it is. Do not be deceived. God's word does not change. The times change, but God don't change. You may be woke, but God's word will stand when woke comes and goes. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were, were is a past tense verb. It did not say such are some of you. Oh no, such were some of you. But you are washed. That means you got saved. You are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. If you are living in these lifestyles and you say you're right with God, something's wrong and it ain't Him. Let's go back. No, let's go forward. Isaiah chapter 3. I've got one more to read. Isaiah chapter 3. I want to look at verse number 8 in this chapter. This is important verses in Isaiah chapter 3. Verse number 8. For Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. If you don't have these underlined in your Bible, you'd do well to do so. You'd do well to do so. Read it again. For Jerusalem is ruined. We're talking about the the state of a nation on its last legs. Jerusalem is ruined. Judah is fallen because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. They, excuse me, the show of their countenance doth witness against them and they declare their sin as Sodom They hide it not. Woe unto their soul, exclamation mark, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. What was once called sin became called sickness and today is called socially accepted practice. And now if I stand in the pulpit and call it sin, I'm the sicko. That's where America is tonight. Go back to our text. Judges chapter 19. We read through verse 25. They abused her all night till the morning. They let her go in the morning. Verse 26. Then came the woman in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was till it was light. And her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way and behold the woman, his concubine, was fallen down at the door of the house and her hands 
was upon the threshold. Number four, it is times of selfish indifference. What was this man doing while his wife was being sexually abused by these men? What was he doing? He's asleep. He gave that woman to these men and he went to bed and lay down and went to sleep. Verse 27, he rose up in the morning and opened the doors of his house. How in the world could he be asleep under that condition? May I say this tonight? That's the state of our nation. America is asleep while these things are going on in our homes, in our cities. They're going on right underneath our noses. In New Jersey, there was a teenager who gave birth to a baby in the bathroom and stuffed it in a trash can and it died there and she went back to the prom, back to her boyfriend and requested they play a song by one of them rock bands called Unforgiven. It was her favorite song and they danced the night away. That's what's happening in America. We are dancing the dance of death while we're dying and going to hell. We say we're awake we say we want God to turn our nation, but the truth of the matter is, honey, we are practicing selfish indulgence on every hand. And you can't get enough people even to come out on a Wednesday prayer meeting on a Sunday night service to even have a good service anymore. But we say we're burdened. I'm telling you, we ought to be horrified by this. We're slaughtering babies, millions of babies. You may say, Preacher Darren, they changed the law. Listen, right now the government's trying to find a way uh, to, buy, to take federal lands and build abortion clinics on them so that the states can't stop it and they can still do it federally. I'm telling you, that's the corruption. It's in our leadership. And oh, bless God, care if they are hearing. That's wrong and a sin against God. And it's been a sin against God since the beginning and it's still a sin against God tonight. And if you're woke or you're still asleep, God says it's sin. And I'm telling you something, we are defending sin. We are justifying and defending sin to the very end. This man is going to defend sin. Fifthly, there are times of shocking inhumanity. Watch this, verse 29. Let's read verse 28. He said unto her, up, let us be going. But none answered. Then the man took her up on an ass, and the man rose up, and got him unto his place. She's dead. And when he was coming to his house, he took a knife and laid hold on his concubine and divided her together with her bones into twelve pieces and sent her into all the coasts of Israel. And it was so that all that saw it said, There was no such deed done nor seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt unto this day. Consider of it, take advice, and speak your minds. Now, this Levite cut this woman up into 12 pieces and sent one piece to each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And you know why he's doing this? He is trying to mobilize support for his cause. And he's the one done it. He's the one created it. And now he's trying to get somebody to come and help him out. The Bible tells us uh, that he's trying to get revenge. 
on these people that did that and he's the one who allowed it. All we do in our land is play the victim. Unbelievable what's happening right now. It is shocking in humanity that he would divide her up when it was his fault to try to immobilize people to get revenge for him. I think I got time to go to chapter 20. Go to chapter 20. This story's not over. Sixthly, it's times of stubborn insolence. Let's skip all the way down to verse number 12. Now, this Levite, he's gathered up support. He's got all the 12 tribes have come together to hear his case. Verse 12, and the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe of Benjamin saying, now these are the men who did that, Gibeah, the city where it happened, is in the tribe of Benjamin's land. So Gibeah, the tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin's tribe is at fault. Eleven tribes have gathered against the one and they say, what wickedness is this that is done among you? Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. What about that? They said, deliver these men. These men that abused this woman and basically killed her, let us have them and let us put them to death. And what did Benjamin do? But the children of Benjamin would not hearken to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. What did they do? They covered for them. They would not admit they did wrong. It's amazing nowadays how people, what extremes they'll go to, what lies they'll tell, how crafty they've got to be because they will not admit they've ever made a mistake. They'll never say that they've ever done wrong. They've committed high crimes and Benjamin is covering it up. They are stubborn in their insolence. They are rude. They are disrespectful. Look at verse 14. The children of Benjamin gathered themselves together out of the cities under Gibeon to go out to battle against the children of Israel. Bless God, one tribe says, I'll fight every stinking one of you. They're going to fight all 11 of them to justify their actions. And the children of Benjamin were numbered at that time out of the cities 20 and 6,000 men that drew sword beside the inhabitants of Gibeah which were numbered 700 chosen men. Rather than repenting, they stonewalled and they decided they would uh, cover their sin. And now, here's what Benjamin's doing. We're not the ones doing wrong. Y'all are the sickos. It's 11 against 1. Why are you picking on us? There's nothing wrong with what those men did. And they start blaming the other tribes for being the aggressors. They're spin doctors. Have you cut your news on lately? It's just amazing how anybody can take a crisis that they create and spin it to their own advantage to get the people to believe and act how they want them to. God help us. There are people who take the truth and they twist it and turn it upside down and they call evil good and they call good evil. It's a time of stubborn insolence in the book of Judges. Do you think that's happening today? 
Number seven, I'll be done. You'll say hallelujah. It's a time of spiritual ignorance. Look with me in verse 19. The children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, Which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? They're not all 11 going. Which one of us should go? God said, Judah. You know what Judah means? Praise. Praise shall go first. And the children of Israel rose up in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin. And the men of Israel put themselves in array to fight against them at Benjamin. And the children of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah and destroyed down to the ground of the Israelites that day 22,000. What was the result? Civil war. It's going on in their churches. Over who's in power, over who calls the shots, who calls the songs, who, who makes the decisions. It's a, it's a power play, man. Pastors are resigning all over the country right now not because of the power play that's going on in the churches and the discouragement that's all around us. It is absolutely unbelievable. The days are definitely desolate. Rivers of blood are flowing. I'm telling you, you're seeing oceans of tears being spilled over this very thing. Terrible things are happening. Verse 22, the people, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves, set their battle again in array in the place where they put themselves in array the first day. And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until even and asked counsel of the Lord saying, shall I go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, go up against him. And the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day and Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel again 18,000 men. That's 40,000 men, all which drew the sword. 40,000 men. I could read more scripture and tell you that Benjamin was wasted away from 26,000 down to about 600 men is all they had left. 40,000 of Israel and 20-some thousand out of Benjamin. People died over one man who went out into sin and all these things were wickedly committed and people got behind it and look at all the people that lost their lives because of one man's sin. Now, I'm just going to say this tonight. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The days are desolate. And you know the problem? The saints are not desperate. The times are desperate. But the church is not desperate. Right now, you listen to me preach. I don't know how long I'll be preaching, maybe 30 minutes. And right now, you're drawing your breath. Some of you, you draw a salary, but you don't draw nigh to God. In those days, there was no king in Israel. What on earth? Good grief. What are they going to do? But there came a day that God did give them a king, and his name was David. And he was the greatest king in all the days of Israel. And through King David, which is a type of Christ, God sent a mighty revival to that nation and I'm telling you God can still send revival to America we are not too far gone we are it is not too late you may say preacher it is too late I just want to say I said all the time God had rather forgive us than judge us the Bible still says in 2nd Chronicles 7 14 if who 
my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now I'll tell you tonight, here's what's going on in our churches. Our churches nowadays, typical church, on Sunday morning, gathers in and we sit and we soak and we sour. Very few take the time to come back on Sunday night. Yet we're concerned about our nation. We're concerned about the status of our churches. We're so concerned we don't come back. We don't come back on Wednesday night. When revival's on, well, all I can take is Sunday through Wednesday. Lord God, that's all I can handle. And even then, Monday and Tuesday, I'll probably lay out because I'm too busy doing everything else. But I'm concerned about our church, and I'm concerned about our nation. And I'm a preacher, I'm with you. I'm right behind you. Where? Where are you at? Where are you at? We are sitting. We are soaking in the blessings of God, and we do nothing with it but sour. I'm asking God. To send us a sweeping revival. I'm praying that God would melt the heart of your pastor. I'm praying that God would melt the heart of our deacons. I'm praying that God would melt the heart of our Sunday school department. I pray that God would melt the heart of people that sat on these pews. I'm praying that God would melt our hearts and get us to the point where we say, God, I am so sick of the way we are living. God, please send revival. I want to ask you tonight, stand your feet. I want you to hear me before you move. I have a question. Would you pray for America? Would you pray Preacher, God has blessed America. Did you hear anything I said? Would you pray for our churches? Would you say, God, give us the space to repent? And in wrath, remember mercy. I have some S's here I want you to ask for. God, would you stay your hand of judgment on our nation and give us mercy? Give us a reprieve. S. God, would you stir our church? God, would you stir your people for the glory of God? I'm telling you tonight, you and I need to be stirred. And Lord S, would you send revival? I'm talking about from the outhouse to the schoolhouse to the White House. We need revival in our nation. When I look around and I saw all those young people last night that were singing and that I preached to last night, man, what hope are they going to have if something doesn't change in our land where we are saying that the things that I preached about are A-OK? It ought to break your heart tonight. Seth, I want you to come play. Bible says the wicked are turned into hell and all the nations 
that forget God. Father, tonight, as I bow in your presence, Lord, I just fall and say, God, those times in the book of Judges that we saw, oh God, what horrible indecent acts were committed. God, all right there for us in the Word of God. I think if I'd have been you, I'd have left that part out. But God, you put in your Word to teach us of the times and the desperation of the children of Israel and how you turned it all around and brought a great sweeping revival. God, tonight when I see our land, I see these very atrocities. I see these very sins taking place before our very faces. And yet, God, we are so unconcerned and so unmoved, God, in our day and age. It breaks our heart. It must break yours. God, we talk about revival, but God, it's just talk. It's just speech. God, I pray from my heart, will you forgive me? God, would you touch us, Lord? Forgive us of being so selfish and so unthankful. Forgive us, Lord, of being in the pot while the heat's turned up and just getting comfortable there doing nothing. God, forgive us of our sourness. Forgive us, God, of just sitting around and soaking. Lord, I pray tonight, God, you'd be pleased to stir us. You'd help us tonight, God. You'd send revival. God, you'd help us tonight, Lord. I pray for our youth. I pray for our marriages. I pray for the children, the husband, the wife of those homes. Lord, I pray for leadership. God, there's a great crisis in our land. And God, I pray you'd help us, Lord, that we would be restored to a place of right living and a place of right decisions. God, forgive us of calling evil good. We cannot justify our sin. You've not changed. The Bible said, if we think those things have now acceptable, that we've deceived ourselves, Oh, God, we are deceived. Forgive us, God, of our social acceptance and of our trying to please men and help us, God, to please you. Would you help us, Lord? Meld us, God, I pray. Turn us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.